This is St. Peter and Volo podcast. I'm Father Nathan, and with me today are two guests from far away who I have just met and don't know much about. And I am very excited to get to know them and hear what they're doing, because what they are doing sounds really great. Um, and I am very excited to share this with you. Uh, we have Chris and Angie Waldrop. Yes, we're from South Carolina. South Carolina. Welcome to St. Peter's in Volo. Uh, this is our parish podcast, and so you are now uh, officially registered members of St. Peter's Parish. No, I'm just kidding. So glad you're here. You're uh, you're hanging out with you and Niels. And so I want to hear about what you're doing, um, how you came to be where you are. All right, so... Um when we first got married, we were uh, just, we were, we were, we would claim to be Catholic, but we weren't really living for God at all. Uh, he was, he's a painter for cars, and I'm a teacher, and we kind of uh, put our hearts into our work. And then he worked for the movies for a little while and, um, and owned a business. And, uh, and I, again, worked at teaching. We, now, by this time, uh, we, we had two children. And um, our hearts were for our family and for for anything. We were, it was for for work. And then <laughs> our marriage was suffering greatly. Our family was suffering greatly, and we knew that we had to do something. Um, so there came to a point where it it kind of climaxed uh, the, the sinfulness and and all of our selfishness. And um, and so I think we were desperate. And at that point, we were like, okay, we got to do something. So um, God really, really stepped in. So our business ended, our, and we said, well, I'm going to stay home as a mom so that we can be more together as a family. And, um, and, and he was still working for Hollywood, so we would go with him. Um, but it only... <laughs> it, God is so funny. So it only lasted three more months, and then uh, we just we uh, it, it ended, just completely ended. And then the business ended too. I mean, everything just there was nothing except for our family and for God. And so we were desperate. And so uh, uh, we I, I don't remember praying or anything like that to say, okay, God take over. But we knew that that's what we had to do at that time. Um, he met some, so he started working 45 minutes away from our house, still painting. And, um, and I was with home at the kids and, uh, they, the, the, the guys at the paint shop had a Bible study before work and they weren't Catholic. It was Protestant, but it was very, um, impacting. And I read the book Radical by David Flatt, um, another homeschool mom, uh, reached out and she, um, we kind of hung out with and, and did Bible studies as well. And so we opened the Bible for the first time, I think, since we were married. <laughs> and, wow, so, then, and how many years into your marriage is this? Five. Five? Five years, yeah. Right. So, so I just got to stop you for a second. So you paint movie cars? Did yes. paint movie cars? Yes. Um, cool. All right. Uh, just, I just want to. So we, you know, Volo Auto Museum, it's like full of movie cars. I saw that. Yeah, on we saw that. And I wonder if you painted any of those. 
Probably not. I haven't been in there. But. Oh, because yeah, there's like Batmobile. There's like the Scooby Doo Mobile. There's the, the. I mean, the movie cars is what they do. I bet your work is in there somewhere. Well, he did. That's, and I, don't tell me if it's not. I just I want to believe that it is. <laughs> <laughs> I just, <laughs> but that's cool. Um, and then and your homeschoolers is what I heard you say. We are now. Um, okay. But before that, no, we. Uh, our kids, so I was a public school teacher for eight years, and then I stayed home with the kids. And then it was time for my our son in 2013 to start kindergarten. And by that time, we, we, we said we wanted more faith, so we put him in the local Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And when our, our son started coming home saying, Mom, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? And it was kind of challenging us as parents and as Catholic parents, like we haven't you know, we don't pray. We don't, I mean, we don't do bow our heads with Jesus. You know, he, he started saying all of these things and we're like, I didn't know we had to. (laughs) And so, um, so then we, after he, um, after, during a birthday party, some parents, um, and, and when he, when he went to the school, parents just kind of like our open doors. We've been going to the same parish since we were married and we hardly knew anybody. We would go to the mass for an hour, go to lunch and kind of do our thing the rest of the week and then come back. And we would knew, we knew some people, but, but at the school, um, once we went started going to school, these parents kind of opened their houses and their hearts and their homes and, and kind of showed us what community truly was like. Wow. And the school was, was great, but it wasn't the, it was the school community that really showed us how to really be a family that's wonderful. What what school community was this? St. Paul the Apostle Catholic School. In, and that's in uh, South Carolina. It's, it's Spartanburg, South Carolina. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Praise God for that. Yeah. <laughs> and it saved us, really. Uh, it saved us. So, uh, and then we, our parish, and then they invited us to uh, an Emmaus retreat. Mm-hmm. And so my husband went first. Changed my life. Really? Yeah. Just showed us how to live and how to pray and how to be a community even deeper, mm-hmm. you know, and people opening their doors and their hearts and just loving on us. And, and it just grew and in, grew inside of us, you know, to love others more instead of trying to fight the world by itself, you know. Sure, sure. So this amazing retreat, is it a men's retreat primarily? or It's, it's a men and women's. Okay. So. Separately? Well, yeah, separately? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I went first and I was deeply moved and then, she had to go after that, so that's great. So, and then yeah, it changed both our lives, and it it brought us together to closer, you know, as far as man and woman and husband and wife, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. Thank God for that. I I've heard you're the second person that I know of on this podcast who has had a conversion with the Emmaus retreat. Um, Jose Alvarado, who was telling his story. Also, that was, was a major point of conversion where he did, he left that uh, he left the retreat and had to pray the rosary. He said, I, I need to pray the rosary, and uh, he didn't know how to pray the rosary, so he, he looked it up and, and just learned to pray the rosary, and he's been praying the rosary ever since, and he leads the rosary on Sunday, and he, yeah, just, wow. it's really great. So. And, and that's about the third or fourth retreat, that's when I'm at the O'Neill's. Kevin, okay. He came down to help us, and and just his story and listening to him really got us deeper into the Bible and seeing all the comparisons and how to how to look at the Bible a little bit different, you know. Wow. Yeah. So did was Kevin? Kevin was at the Emmaus retreat. Yes, he was at our third third men's Emmaus retreat. 
Okay. Well, he's the, you're the third person who's been to a maze retreat on this podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is good. I, this is this is really great. We need to search out these sources of grace in the church, things that are fruitful and growing and and bringing and bringing people to Christ and highlight that. That's that's really that's excellent. Yeah. And the mass retreat opened me up to speak in front of people because I was very nervous talking in front of people and stuff. And then, of course, we're on our nineteenth. In mass retreat now, and I have to speak at that one again. So it's open. It opens a lot of doors. You know, it got me out of a lot of my fears. Mm-hmm. So, what? and as parents too, we we saw our family as a domestic church. Mm-hmm. You know, for the first time, and then uh, that that helped us. And how to serve? We've served others, but how to serve our own families? That was that was big for us because we were self-serving before we got our job and we we did the checkbox we provided for our family the physical needs but now you know we it opened our eyes to the spiritual needs that's you know that's so important that we just lacked so but now we have that well we're still growing (laughs) sure but so um where were we uh homeschool family uh, saint paul of the cross south carolina yeah, so it was the Saint Paul the Apostle. They, Saint Paul the Apostle. Sorry. Yeah, and yeah. so uh, so they invited us to retreats. We started going, we started serving um, our children. Um, grew, you know, they were growing along with us as parents were growing in this community. Just grew, and then um, in our at this time, so we were not open to life uh, as we should have been. Uh, we you know we were we were the family that had two and and a half and we were american society i guess and our culture kind of celebrates you know you have your two kids and we're good you know mm-hmm. your family of four and so we were two and done and um during these retreats and and growing to see these families we we had in our hearts um that we weren't giving god everything and so we weren't really trusting with everything, but yet here we are serving people saying, hey, you can trust him with everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I had it in my heart and he had it in his heart. And I don't know how it came up, but we weren't communicating. And um, and finally, when we did, I, he's, you know, he, he came home after a treat and said, Angie, I really think that we aren't giving God everything. We need to give him life. You know, we're not giving, get, letting him have control of that too and I cried because I had had this in my heart as well and so then we decided we were going to trust and uh, we were open and we said okay God you got it so we were open to life again and we had an ectopic pregnancy um, and I, I almost lost my life there was only about two liters of blood in my body at this point um, and wow. um, yeah it was it, I really I had to have surgery and um so it was kind of a scary moment, but at the same time, you know, most people, I mean, that's devastating. You lose a baby. We had no idea we were pregnant, uh, let alone, you know. So um, we were in the hospital, and, uh, and and when we found out that we had a baby and that, um, that it was an ectopic and that we had to have surgery, like, we had no idea at the beginning, but Chris, I never even knew he had a rosary in his pocket. He just grabbed that bad boy out, and he just started praying. And things started moving beep, 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 fast. And so we said, okay, 
this is God. This We are going to pray the rosary. So we were praying the rosary. And then every person we came to, we said, all right, our rosary for you. We didn't, we didn't know if they were Catholic or what. We were, our rosary is for you. Our rosary is for you tonight for taking care of us. Thank you so much. God bless you. And then uh, at, at the... At you know, we, we were, we were continuing, we continue, continue. And then we went to another hospital, had to be transferred and to another doctor. And she said, are you, you know, you're sad and every, we're ready for surgery. You said, and I said, yes, ma'am, except for one thing. And she said, yes, ma'am, what can I do for you? I said, are you a praying woman? Cause we really need some prayer right now. <laughs> and she said, ma'am, yes, I am. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so she prayed over with us. We prayed with uh, uh, all the nurses, everybody, we prayed together. And then uh, we, we, I went to, that's all I remember after that. We, she counted and I, I fell asleep, I guess. And then after we came out of, um, out of, out of the surgery, I was, I, I had this woman, this nice Southern woman said, all right, honey, it's time to wake up. You know, she's telling me it's time to wake up. And I just woke up and I said, ma'am, I'm going to be praying for you. That's the first thing. I said, I'm going to pray my rosary for you tonight. She just starts crying. And so I don't know what we needed to pray for, but, you know, we prayed. And then we went to our room, and then uh, our room was full of this community that has shown us how to serve others up to this point. And before this, we were the ones that would serve others. We we were the ones that said, no, I got this. We You don't have to help us. We, got, we have you. And mm-hmm. now we're in a position where we're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And all of these people... Uh, we said, "I have you now," you know, and so we were we were just amazed at how God provided. People came out of the woodwork, and then our nurse that was in our room, our nurse, uh, you know, we were telling her we're going to be praying the rosary for you too, and she says, "Can I pray with you?" And we said, "Yes, come pray with us." We were so <laughs> excited, and um, and she was kind of fallen away. Um, Catholic as well, and she lived in the area, so she helped. She prayed the rosary with us, and we had, um, you know, we just had so much, so much help and so much love. And so, by the end of this, or by during this time, you know, I guess most people would be grieving and crying over their children, but we were crying because we were so impressed with how God took care of us. Mm-hmm. We trusted Him, and He just kind of—it was like a grandparent that. You know, your parents tell you, no, you can't have that candy. Well, God's like, oh, here, baby, I'll get you. You know, here's that little butterfinger you were eyeing. I saw you. <laughs> he was just spoiling us. And then um, – And after that, the biggest thing for me was, you know, we didn't have insurance at the time because I just kind of quit the movie stuff, and that kind of ran out. And, of course, the hospital bills were coming in, you know. I think we finally added up to like $27,000, you know. Hmm. And then – Someone in our church community came up and says, if you paid it off today, what would that be? You know, so we called the hospital and they knocked it down to 17,000. Yeah. And the next day it was paid for. Oh, that's so, so great. I mean. See, God took care of everything. Yeah. And showed us that, that we could trust him. Right. With sure. everything. Sure. So. <laughs> and then after that, we got pregnant again and had our third child named Job. Mm-hmm. And then uh, same thing again. We're going through the thing and making our payments, and then halfway through, we make another payment, and they're like, "It's paid for in full." We're like, "What?" My <laughs> guardian angel came by, and everything's paid for. You don't have to worry about anything else. So our third child was, you know, paid for. You know? And still, people showered us. I mean, we yeah. we didn't ask for. I said, "Okay, God, I don't mean to test, but." I'm trusting you. I'm not asking for any baby stuff. We're just going to go with what you give us, you know, and we mm-hmm. were okay with that. And um, I remember saying, there was somebody saying, I have a, I have a stroller for you. And I, and I used to run a lot. Well, kind of. And so uh, I said, oh, God, wouldn't it be cool if it was like a running stroller? 
And sure enough, on our porch was a stroller that I could run with. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And so different things like that are diapers. And we didn't, we didn't need anything. Everything was taken care of. Now, I'm not saying this is for every, you know, but for us, that was so major. And we were so afraid for years. Like, we can't afford another child. We can't, you know, and, and, and this came to be where God, he just, he just, and, and it showed through all of these people, you know. And then we continued to be trusting and we had our, um, our last pregnancy, um, which ended up in a miscarriage last January. But it's an amazing story. So we knew that um, we were pregnant in Thanksgiving. We told our kids uh, during Christmas, uh, Christmas morning, we were like, all right, God's giving us a great gift. You know, this, it's a baby in our family. And then a week later, we, you know, we started um, having symptoms of a miscarriage. And so I called my midwife and, and I was like saying, okay, I'm going to be ready with everything because I know God has this. But what do I need to do? And she, you know, she said, well, let's get an ultrasound, that sort of thing. So we did. And I knew, you know, we've had babies before. We know what a heartbeat looks like. We know when there isn't one. So we, there wasn't one. And I came home and I said, okay, you know, God giveth, God take the way. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God giveth, God take the way. And Chris is home with the kids, you know, and so we go home. And we still had people saying, I'll go with you. Do you want me to watch the kids? I said, no, it's okay. You know, this is a time. But God still sent people, even at the ultrasound, there's an old friend, you know, and we, and, and we kind of shared stories of how God has been in our lives and how he's changed us. So even that, at that moment. And then... Um, and then we went home and we and we decided to pass, you know, I guess there's a choice. <laughs> but uh-huh. we decided to say, no, naturally, God, you know, we're going to trust that God has this. So the baby naturally passed, but it was so beautiful. So, you know, it was a passing and um, and we internet, we, we searched the internet on what to do. And uh-huh. so we caught the baby um, and the baby was still in the sack. And we opened the sack and it's so amazing how God protects babies. I mean, it was just, we were already pro-life, right? And and then we, and we had to like use nails to kind of rip open the ba- the sack that the, that the baby was in. We saw our baby and said, oh, Chris, look, this is our baby, you know? And, and, um, and the umbilical cord was still attached. You could see the eyes, the arms, the legs, where the ears were forming, the, the translucent heart. And this was only an eight week old fetus, you know, an eight week old baby. And so, we got it in a glass jar, and um, and we had, you know, we we said, or the boys wanted to see, you know, and and so we said, all right, we'll pray because you know what you see, you know, we, we want you to pray first, and so they prayed, and then we all saw them, then we, and the boys were saying, hey, is that the heart? Is that the legs? Is that you know? And they were they were saying, yes, yes, yes. So it was a it was a kind of a, a life story for our children too. Like, see, mm-hmm. this is pro life. Every life is valuable, and you know, from conception. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so our and and it's a life, you know. So we didn't we don't want them to be deceived, you know. Yep. Yep. And so um, so anyway, so we the boys named the baby, and we didn't know what to do with this baby, and so we. So I, I called our priest, and he's he's a fairly new priest, and he said, you know, I've never done this before. I really don't know. So we called our veteran priest that was there before, Father Gan, who is who is like a grandfather to our children. And uh, and he said, I got you. I'm at the pro-life march for, you know, there's a pro-life dinner right now that I'm about to go to. And then he goes, I got you. Don't worry. And so he would call back to tell us what to do. 
And then I called my brother, who's a city police officer um, in Spartanburg, and I said, is there a place where we can bury the baby? Is there a place where we can honor our baby? And he Mm -hmm. said, I don't think there is. So I kept working on my heart, like, we need to do something. There's nothing in the area. Hmm. Nobody knows what to do, that sort of thing. So um, eventually we found out with the priest, and there's another parish, a priest priest from that uh, parish, uh, from the Capuchin. Friar, he's a friar, and he said, "It needs to be buried. The baby needs to be buried in blessed ground, you know. And so it's best to have him in the cemetery." And we, the boys, named. Uh, we we asked them to name the baby, and um, our oldest said it was going to be a girl when we were, and, and no, the oldest said it was going to be a boy, and the young, the middle child said, "No, nah, it's going to be a girl." And our <laughs> two year old didn't care, and so uh, <laughs> we said, "All right, we're going to name the baby. What would you?" So we threw out some names, and it was so funny because the boy that thought it was going to be a girl came out, gave us boy names, and the one <laughs> that thought it was going to be a boy. Get, anyway, the baby's name is Bartholomew Jude. And then we asked Joe what his the name should be, and he said ice cream. So we said Bartholomew <laughs> Jude Ice Cream Waldrop. That's his name now. And so he's he's. We had a little. So then we I. We That's were, like for interesting for for a two year old. It's like what is the greatest name? Like what it's like what an honor. The greatest thing you can have as as a two year old is ice cream, you know, and that's like your your concept of. Of greatness, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so That's yes, yeah. so and then um, so anyway, so coming to the story, we um, we were campaigning for uh, for our diocese. We were helping with a campaign, and in that uh, we met a man who owned a mortuary, uh, Mr. Nudeau, and he said, uh, "I called him. I said I don't know where else to go," and he said. I have you. Don't you worry. We, we'll take care of you. You come and we'll, we'll talk about this. So the next week we came by there and he said, I have two cemeteries that will bury, that will be, uh, that your baby can be buried in. And the only thing you have to pay is the upkeep fee. So it's like $40. And then, you know, we'll still have to buy the casket, that sort of thing. I said, that's mm-hmm. fine. That's fine. So it ended up being less than $500 and which is pretty cheap, you know, compared to the, mm-hmm. you know, the thing. So, um, so it was beautiful. So our priest came out, and he had, you know, his, his book of blessings, and he blessed the ground. And um, and we have a little casket, and there's a, a, a lady in Greenville, that's a, the next town over, that made a, a flower arrangement to go over our casket. And it, and it was just a beautiful little setting. It was so sweet. And um, and we just prayed, and we um, – and then um, – a and, friend showed up. Yeah, a friend showed up. One of our friends showed up. She's so gracious. She's so beautiful. She she showed up and took pictures for us, and um, she even gave us an angel later on. So uh, I went home, and I had this in my heart. Like, I think God really wants us to do something for unborn children. But uh, we're becoming missionaries, you know, in less than a year. So I said, How am I, what am I going to do? There's nothing I can do. So I kind of pushed it aside. And then our friend that came showed up. They gave us the angel, gave us the angels a little bit later. So I was putting the angel on the grave later on, and I was at the cemetery. I said, just ask. So I just had this, like, feeling like, just go ask. So I go ask the people. And I said, is there a, you know, is would you be open to the idea of having a section just for unborn babies to mm-hmm. be honored? And not just for, you know, babies that are buried there, but, you know, for people who need healing from abortion, that sort of thing. And they said, you know what, why don't you research and give it, get back to us? So I said, okay. And they would be open. I went home and I researched and then I, I, I feel like 
the devil was calling, you know, like saying, oh, what can you do, right? Like, mm-hmm. And so I said, sure. oh, I'll just put that aside again. Well, then I went to a conference, a women's Catholic conference, in um, a belonging conference, it's called, in Greenville, South Carolina. And when I went there, um, they had different venues during, you know, different talks and things. And so I went to the, through this venue, and I saw this little table, and it was nothing on this table. It was just a book, a rock where you can people would write names, and a little free giveaway. And I was like, ooh, free giveaway. So I went over <laughs> and I said... What would you, you know? What is uh, the free giveaway? And so I read it, and I and I it, I had to read it, double take it, because it was a graveside marker. It was a, a four foot by three foot marker to honor unborn children. Sure. And it didn't have a place. And this woman, who's beautiful, Tiffany Matthews, um, bought these. She had a miscarriage herself, and it was very devastating to her. And uh, but she said, "Okay, God, through this life, I want to." honor you and I want to help other moms so she wrote a book and then she bought these two markers she bought two markers and then uh, she said I don't know where you're going to place them God but I know they will be for your children and so you know I I went there I said don't don't give that away I think there's a, I think God is telling me to do something <laughs> with this please 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 so she said okay so um, and then I'm on my way of another class telling another woman about all of that's happening this other woman comes up to me and she says, hi, I'm family life coordinator for the Diocese of Charleston. We have been trying to get something in the upstate for we for a long time now. And we, I heard your story. I really want to be part of it. We have monks that will make caskets. We have uh, mortuaries that will cremate babies for free. You know, and we, we really want to, we have a pamphlets to help, you know, for grieving moms and, and dads and families. And, um, and she says, I want to be part of this. I said, okay. So, you know, Sunday, it was a Saturday conference. Sunday, I'm like itching. Chris is like, let him rest. <laughs> let him rest. We'll get him Monday. So I said, okay, okay. So I'm ready to go on Monday. And I call this, the cemetery and I get in touch and I connect all these people. And now there is a place that will be, will be cut, doing a, a blue ribbon cutting for baby land, a place for parents to um, bury their children and honor their children and a place for healing for all you know, for everyone, Christian, non-Christian, planned, unplanned babies. You know, this is all for all of God's children. And so, it's wonderful. Yeah. So we go home and I'm like, and then, and we're telling the boys, we see every life is valuable, even an eight-week baby that's in the womb. You know, so. Um, anyway, so that so from this little life, we see God working through you know mm-hmm. these little strings, and so. Um, anyway. So that's yeah. So. This is very recent. Yes. This is very yeah. recent. This is what's happening now. Right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. I, I should I should mention um, uh, to anyone who might be listening that, so in the Archdiocese of Chicago, there's a num- there are a number of places. Uh, there are markers, um, especially uh, aborted children, have a, have a memorial at All Saints Cemetery. Um, there's a, we do the memorial there every year, um, and um, and we go there and we you know we sing the hymns and and there's usually someone telling their their story of you know and uh, uh, it's very powerful. Um, many we have in our, the cemetery behind the church here also a place for for uh, children who are, uh, who are miscarried. Oh. and um, so I, I want people in the parish to know that that exists. Um, and it's it's very it's very easy, um, but that's wonderful that you're you're doing that that you're yeah that, that 
you are receptive to God's will and everything and, and thankful for his world because there, there has to be a gratitude in, um, I guess that's part of receiving even the, the very difficult things. And that in that and through that, God works. You know, that's, that's how God works. Yeah, we, so when my oldest was in kindergarten, it was hard to get him up some days. And so I, we um, were looking for songs for him to get up. And we were trying to do scripture, you know, with him. So we, we saw a song online called Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Mm-hmm. And that is, do not be anxious about anything. And, 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 and God will give you peace that is surpasses under all understanding. And little did we know how much that verse would touch our lives throughout the whole process, including this one. You know, mm-hmm. it was just amazing. So that's our family verse. That's great. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, and that's what, and it came to mind when a friend was like, Angie, peace that surpasses all understanding. Like, oh, yes. You know, and so, and because that was peace that we, I've heard women give their testimony of miscarriages that are just devastating. Marriages mm-hmm. even lost, you know, it's just all, oh, your heart is just, it just mm-hmm. hurts. Um, but for us, it was, it was so peaceful and so, wow. But you know, God is faithful. And we knew this, you know, and he has already proven to himself. We still ask. We still struggle with that sometimes, you know. But he truly, truly is. So So you mentioned that um, that you were preparing to be missionaries. Yes, Father. And we haven't mentioned that at all. I know. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knows this at all. This is complete news. Um, so tell us uh, what's... What's that all about? Well, just to back up, just all the, you know, through the mess and stuff and learning how that community is and all the love it's shown. And through the miracles, as a friend of ours talked about being missionaries, you know, and and the thing about it was is it was being laid on my heart before this and it was being laid on our heart, her heart too, you know, and we just never communicated together. And then through these friends that thought about becoming missionaries that got us talking and then about it was on her heart for a year my heart for a year and then we've been discerning it for a year together you know and just how God's taken care of us and gave us everything that we needed we, we decided to become missionaries you know and, and we got looking on this and to be a, a family Catholic and missionaries it's not very many choices out there because I didn't know families could be missionaries you mm-hmm. know? Right, you don't see it. So you're priests, religious. Right. You know. You get to that part where matrimony or holy orders, you know. You right. you got to make that decision, you know. Yeah, you're either going to preach the gospel or raise children. Right. Yeah, so. You know. <laughs> so, and then we got on the internet and put those three key words in, and then a place out of uh, Louisiana, it's called Family Mission Company, and we contacted them and, and got with them and went to a come and see, and of course Angie was ready to go then. <laughs> I was still, whoa, you know, <laughs> but that that's got us on the on the right track, and you know this this September, we're we're joining their their company, their family mission company. So okay, so what does that mean to to join this company? I mean, well, are, for, do you have to? Are you? Uh, so when I think missionary, I think uh, I think uh, leaving everything and following God, and I think go, traveling, going to other places. Um, is this is this the reality? Is that what this is? The re- that's yes. the reality. We have <clears throat> sold our house. We're actually homeless now. So oh, congratulations! We sold, our, <laughs> we 
we've sold our ROI contest, you know, and just going through. And now we're kind of traveling, trying to raise money for this because we have to get supporters to help us to do this. And, yes, it will be out of the country, you know. Mm-hmm. But with the coronavirus going on, we'll, we'll spend one year stateside till all this kind of lightens up a little bit. Then we'll be sent out to the world. Okay, sure. So, but yeah, we've we've been traveling. We went as far as Reno, Nevada, to try to raise money. We've been trying to see some family and friends, and stopping along the way, and you know, trying to take care of that. You want to tell them the website? Yeah. So. Um so Family Missions Company is, uh, is an organization that sends lay families out and singles out into the world. It's a 5013C um, nonprofit organization. They, um, it's, it's actually an, an amazing company. We, we, have no, we had no idea, like Ricky said, but in, usually in September they have a, a, training, a heavy training period called intake, and that's where we were supposed to go, but they postponed that till next year. Mm-hmm. Because of COVID, and they are, they have, they still have missionaries out in the field, you know, doing what they can do. Many miracles have happened, even through, even through COVID. It's beautiful, and um, so anyway, yeah. So a family missions company, you can either Google that. Um, for our site, it's uh, WaldropFamily.FamilyMissionsCompany.com. But that's what we're doing. Was where we've, we, like Chris said, we've sold everything. We've sold all of our good. Well, we still have some bins that have sentimental stuff. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we kept sure. at our, par- our our poor parents, and then um, and then we sold our house, which was amazing. Uh, There's some things that Chris questioned. You know, we all had our anxieties beforehand. You know, our children, our house. You know, what are, what are we really going to do? So we said, okay, God. Like life, you know, when we were open to life, we're going to trust that you're going to take care of everything. By golly, he is all, he has been truly faithful. Like, I mean, we are just standing affirmations. And I have a friend, that's her, like, you know, that's what she says all the time. That's kind of her, her, her motto. Every time we see her, God is faithful. God is faithful. And, you know, every time I see her, I always think about that. And every time I'm like, this is just a proven, you know, he, that to trust, his school of trust, right? And we have, we are in those lessons. And so, um, we were told not to, you know, yard sales weren't all that great. You know, maybe do an estate sale. And so we had a yard sale during COVID a few weeks ago, probably the beginning of May. And we thought, oh, Lord, all right, we're just going to, we we have to, because we have to, we, we said we would sell our house in June, you know, beginning of June, we have to do this. This is what we planned. And so we're, we're going to stick to the plan. And it was amazing. I think people were more itching to get out of their houses to go to a place. Sure. <laughs> so we were thinking the opposite of what really happened. And so uh, we had, we, and people were so beautiful and they were sharing their stories, their missionary stories. And, and we said, okay, God, we're not going to price anything. We're just going to go on donation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so we did and we trusted that. Um, it was kind of hard when somebody's walking out with, you know, at least $200 worth of stuff and they paid 20 bucks for that, you know, and you're like, oh, goodness, no. And then the next guy who comes in and buys, you know, $2 worth of items comes, gives you 60 you know. So it kind of always balanced out and we, were, we noticed that. Hmm. And then we, we still had a lot of things left over and people donated too. So there are some beautiful friends of ours that donated their, you know, items to the cause. And they said, just, you can keep the money. I'm just, here's some stuff to do to sell. And so, uh, so we had a lot of things and then, uh, we still had a garage full and we're like, well, we're going to do one more. Cause it was so successful. We could do one more. So we waited a week and then we, we did it the next week and by golly, we did even better. <laughs> 
because we thought really? ourselves, yeah, we were like, this is the leftover items that nobody wanted before. What are we, you know, we're kind of crazy to have this. But lo and behold, God is faithful. He He took care of it and, and then some. And so, um, and then it was, we had to focus on our house after that. And though the day that we put our house on the market wasn't even 12 hours, not even, I don't even think it was eight. And we had seven offers. No, we had seven showings and three offers. Wow. It must be all those people moving out of Illinois. Yeah. Maybe so. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe so. (laughs) So so he was good. So now, uh, then we got a call saying, okay, we know you guys are supposed to be here in September, but you know, they have been praying and they're very docile to the Holy Spirit. And they felt that, you know, he was saying, just wait a little bit longer. There are some missionaries that can't even go out of their homes for 30 minutes, you know, a day, still in some countries. Borders, you know, are just starting to open. Oh, sure. And um, that sort of thing. Some people are kind of waiting to go. Some people are stuck, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and so, so it's put a, a wrench in things, but God has a good plan for everything, right? He makes all things good. So there is goodness that is coming out of this. We've been hearing lots of great stories coming from this and so uh, from these missionaries. And so we said, okay. So they gave us options of staying uh, either where we are or go to Big Woods in Louisiana. And uh, we're still discerning. I, I think we're leaning towards one way, but we, you know, we're still trying to discern mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. And so, um, so yeah, that's so- where we're at now. Let me ask, so, like, as a family, uh, raising children, uh, the first instinct people have is, uh, you know, when you have families, say, what is my source of income? What is, you know, what is my job? How how am I going to make, how am I going to establish stability and security? Right? That's, that's our, that's everyone's first thought, right? right. And you went through that, too. That's what you, yes. um, that's what we thought. That's, you know, that's why we only have two children. Right, per, per family, mm-hmm. you know, right? <laughs> because, um, but now you're doing something very different. You're you're abandoning that stability, mm-hmm. abandoning uh, that security. Um, what's that like to you know to going? Um, you're on the road now. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, I mean, I guess how do you how do you arrive at that decision? Uh, what was the point where you say, okay, this is, I'm not depending on the usual means. I'm, I'm depending on God, like, like God, okay, it's you now. How do you get there? Well, I'm a flash kind of gal. So if you show me this is, this can happen, I'm like, let's ride that train. <laughs> but my, my husband is so more sensible. Praise God for good balance, right? So he says, let's pray. So after the come and see, um, and, and during the come and see, we, we, we sat down and we said, is this something that would fit our family? And we did in, invite the boys. I don't want to say that we uh-huh. we didn't take what they had in consideration, but he had all of this on his heart. And he's like, I just don't know. I just don't know. But the, but the invitation was there. And so at the very end, uh, I was ready to go at the come and see. I was ready to sign up that day. And he said, I could go either way. I can, mm-hmm. if you say so go, can you tell me go. about the come and see? What does that look like? like sure. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's they live in community, you know, these families. And um, we had a, a community house where we ate meals and uh, prayed the rosary. And uh, we did liturgy of the hours together, that sort of thing. Then we had some classes, but we did apostolate work too, building, going to nursing homes, uh, preaching the gospel and serving the poor. And, you know, and so, and they, during this time, 
we uh, we were connected with other missionary families to hear their experiences and that sort of thing. And so for our come and see, it was we lived the life, but we also kind of they they threw in and, and I don't know how they did it. It was such a easy, peaceful time, but it was so much that they added. It was great. I, I don't I don't know how they did it, but anyway, there were classes of saying this is what missionary is life, you know, and they they didn't. They didn't say that it was going to be all roses and rainbows, right? Like they knew, they told us, they were straight out and, and, and very honest and said, it's not always going to be easy. He, you know, and they, and, and we, our questions, they answered very honestly. They were very transparent. Um, and so, so we went to classes too. We did our apostolate work. We had, they had adoration on site 24 hours. So, I mean, that was, for me, that was huge. Um, and so we, we had a lot of prayer time. Um, they had a desert time that they call where we go out an hour at least once a week. And everybody, even our children, had to have their own desert time. And you could take scripture, rosary, whatever, but it was you and God. And that was it. There's silence, no distraction. Now, during that time, uh, you know, honestly, to be a little bit honest, I was more worried about my kids. Like, you better be, you know, you better be praying. You better sure. be doing so. I think I was more worried about them that I lacked my prayer time because I was so worried about them. When we came back, we, uh, after our desert time, we come back and we kind of share, like, is there something that really, you know, spoke to you? What did God, uh-huh. and our kids spit out things like, I thought, what? I, I, it was totally Holy <laughs> Spirit. Cause I didn't think they could ever, <laughs> like, I, you know, I, when I, when I first started looking, one was going down the street, kicking rocks. One was on a swing and I'm like, I know they're playing God. I know they're playing, you know, <laughs> but when they came back, they said some, some phenomenal inspirational things that was very touching. And I, and I, that right there, I was like, okay, God, I am humbled. I will worry about myself. I know you have my children, you know? Um, so that was one thing that they, they, little things like that, that they instilled in our family that we were like, okay, we're going to do that now with our family, you know, that sort of thing. Mm. So a lot of prayer, scripture, um, you know, community life, Physical apostolates, they were building things, a fence, that sort of thing on the, on the fields. I, we went to the nursing home, uh, helped make meals, that sort of thing. Kind of just what I would think missionaries would do, you know, just being there for the community, mm-hmm. you know. I don't, I think it was just a little taste. I don't sure. know, but um, but it was really touching. But our main job is to see what the community needs and, and try to provide it with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With them, with that. Well, whatever God gives us, mm-hmm. he just uses us to push it to other people. Right. You know? Right. So, so when, I, when I hear family missionary, what I think of is Protestants, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because Protestants have been doing family missionaries stuff for a while. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that was my upbringing. Um, I, you know, my... My parents uh, became missionaries, and then in the midst of becoming missionaries, became Catholic. Oh, wow. uh, and then, you know, in northern Canada, and now they're Catholic missionaries in northern Canada. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I I get that. But so it's interesting that there hasn't, there hasn't been an, a, a movement like this in the church. I mean, I, I'm sure if I looked harder, I could see as a family to go out. And to go serve other people, uh, it's remarkable. I mean, it's a, it's kind of an, I don't want to say, again, I don't want to say a new concept, because um, I'm sure it's been happening, but there's something new about it. Um, so 
let me ask us a practical question. Like, how does so as a missionary, if you're in a religious, you, you know, a Jesuit of in the days of old, uh, you know, coming to North America, uh, you're a missionary. You're sent. You have an obedience to your superior. And you go. How does that work in the context of a family? Because obviously, you have a family unit, you know, which is ordained by God, and uh, you're the head of your family, and you do what's right for your family. Um, and then, in the midst of this, you're also um, part of this missionary community. How does that work? Yeah, they have their authorities too. You know, then mm-hmm. they're the ones that pray and and to send us out. Because we, once we are free to go into the world, we have no idea where we're going. It's mm-hmm. kind of up to them to see where our talents are, and they'll sh- send us to where. They think they they need that they we, that they need us, you know. So, and then I know after two years, if God sends up telling us to go somewhere, we can go, and then we have to get permission from the bishop of that area mm-hmm. to come in. So it, it still has the authority of the church. If the bishop says no, we can't go in there. That's but good. The, yeah. But the bishop says yes. The, the company will help us get there. You know. Right. That that is that's a very actually a very good point. It, to have the authority of the church there, that's that's really essential. Um, a great protection um, for you and for the for the community. Um, yeah, to do all things in union with the with the authority that God has established. There was a ministry that's already there, so there will already be missionaries there mm-hmm. that will help us to guide us. Our first. Um, our first, like you said, our first um, mission is our family. And so when we get to where we are going, we have to settle first, you know, and kind of make sure that we are, that our family is taken care of before we can go out and help others. And so they, they, they've even told us, like, listen, when you go, you can't just go out and say, hey, I'm right here. You know, you have to make sure your family is, is, is settled, right? You know, they, they are ready to go. Before we go out and help and and do everything, um, and so um, that you know, as a mom, you know, homeschooling and getting making sure they're they're getting their needs met at home, um, and then uh, the the ministry will kind of I guess trickle into you know. There's already a ministry that's already started, and so we'll kind of go there. And then once if there is another need that needs to be met, then and we feel that we are settled then we can go and, and continue that, you know, and mm-hmm. continue that calling in that time. But they were very honest by saying our family comes, you know, yeah. first. No, that, it's a, it's a really, it's a neat, it's a neat thing. <laughs> um, I think one thing that I see the benefits of having a family go out as a missionary is that you have a community established you know, to take that cell of society and put it in a in a place where it can influence the society, that's that makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, to like here here's where charity is is uh, is fostered in the family. You know, here's where children are being brought up. You know, and and not perfected. You know, always in process. But here here's the here's charity. And then to interact with others and to bring others into the family. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the nature of family as God intended it to be, uh, to be um, giving 
internally, you know, to each other, to build that strength, uh, that unity within the family, but then to be going externally, going going out, because love is effusive, you know, it, it, it goes out. Um, and so if you have a family that's strong in the bonds of love, that'll spread, that'll spread. And you've experienced that uh, in your in your life from those, you know, from communities. I experienced that here, from many families, so many families who are, who are just in themselves, you know, struggling for, for holiness, striving for holiness. What a wonderful work. So you've just, you're just starting, you're just heading out, you're in the sort of the fundraising phase yes. um, of this right now. You've traveled from the West Coast to here yes, by van. Yeah, we're just, you know, as we're going, going out, we're just trying to be the hands and feet, you know, to serve the Lord, you know, and of course it takes the hearts of other people to help because the people who donate, you know, are the hearts of the body, you know, and mm-hmm. if, if it's not without them, we, we can't provide, you know. Sure. So. Sure. Well, what are your immediate needs? Prayers. Prayers first. Yeah. The yeah. number one, mm-hmm. <laughs> number one sure. prayers. Yeah. And then, uh, just getting everything together. And of course it's just going to take donations to do it, mm-hmm. you know? And then, like I said, if you go to the family of Waldrop, website you know. family, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i can link that in the in the notes of the of the podcast so people can just click click on that yeah. and you'll see our uh, picture of course as you know i'm chris and she's angie and our oldest boy is 13 that's cj he's named after me and our second child is jonathan he just turned 11 two days ago so he's the feast of saint john the baptist yeah and our so youngest excited. one is joe and he's two so yeah. nice. so you, you you'll see the little family of five and it seems like Everybody will look in the mission family. We're, we're kind of the smallest ones, you know. They have like seven and <laughs> yeah. ten kids, you know. So, yeah. but it's it's pretty neat, you know. So yeah, well, that's wonderful. Yeah, and so we are, um, we are our our stability is that monthly income that's coming in through donations through people, and so that's what we really need. Uh, besides the prayers, is right. are the, the financially the monthly donations that we get and that's what we live off of mm-hmm. and so um if we're short that month we're short that month that's right it's, it and is what it i is. think the average is like two thousand dollars a month for us to live and anything over that goes out into the community you know great so great so there's a strength there too in having a number of families uh, uh sharing like the apostles you know sharing all things in common right yeah right that's, yeah we um when, when they first kind of, you know, they, they were t- first telling us on how support raising and that sort of thing and fundraising. Um, and, and, and we had to read the book, The God Ask by Shadrach, by Steve Shadrach. And, um, and he does like a little boot camp. And so we had to go to the class. But before I even that class, I, I, I was like, why can't we just sell our house and live off of that? You know, and, and I was kind of rep- reprimanded like, no. You know, a missionary came up to me. She said, no, that's not how we do it. This is not how God works. God works with community. Mm-hmm. We are all a team and we grow together through, you know, you might be the hands and the feet. But they're, like he said, they're the hearts. They're the ones that give. Some give by going, you know, some go by giving, you know. But we're all a team and we grow closer to God. And we're building that bridge between all of these communities with all of these people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the kingdom of God is spreading. So if we just do it ourselves, then 
then right. it's you know, it's selfish. Then right? then yeah, then we we end up back at self sufficiency, right? And the and the you know the small family that that has all their needs met and and we don't need anyone else and we can you know. Oh, that's the American dream. Yeah, and, and that's what we were, yeah, we were saying. Well, we're very American because we've lived like that. You know, our pride gets in the way and says, "No, you don't. You don't need to ask. You, you got this. You have this yourself." And I remember there were we had another family that was kind of a missionary, but it was domestic. They had a, a little league, and there was a Protestant. And I remember her asking people to clean her house, and I thought to myself, "I will never." do that <laughs> but then when we had the ectopic pregnancy i had two friends that says i want you outside i'm cleaning your house because they knew i would say no no it's okay it's okay like get out i've we've got this and it was so beautiful mm-hmm. and they love they didn't judge or anything they just loved us out so it 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 has helped open a lot of humility you know we've eaten our humble pie a lot <laughs> throughout this whole process and going through the the um the class of, you know, how to raise money and stuff. And what was very hitting to me was even if a homeless person comes up to you and gives you money, you have to accept it because their $2 could be more blessings than a person that gives more, you know. So mm-hmm. and it's just it's biblical too, you know, like the woman mm-hmm. gives her two coins, you know. So right, it's very, very opening to me, you know, because I was always taught don't take less. You always yeah. give to the less, you know. So, right, right. I guess now that I'm homeless, I'm, <laughs> I can feel that, you know. So. Yeah. Well, that's so wonderful. Uh, great to hear your story. Um, I. So uh, when so you're going, yeah, you said you don't know exactly where you're going next. No, they said uh, they did open the doors a little bit and said, we want you, while you're here for the next year, we want you to go to language school. And we want you to take Spanish. So mm-hmm. it will be a Latin American country, but we just don't know where exactly. Okay. So, so, well, yeah. it's about time we got Catholic missionaries going down to South America. I, yeah. I mean, really. I mean, really. <laughs> like, yeah. We have, uh, I grew up, we were always, the mission was always reached to Central America, right? And it was it was in our Pentecostal church. And, and the Protestants have been sending missionaries down there, like picking up Catholics left and right, because you know, the Catholics have kind of wandered away from the faith and has become, yeah, you know, I don't just it's whatever. It hasn't been uh, what it should be. I guess that's all I'll say. But but yeah, so all these Protestant groups are growing, and like that's, I mean, we've got the whole thing. We've got the sacraments. We've got the faith. We've got the truth. We got like. We've got the whole community of the church united, you know, under God's authority, and and uh, that's pretty exciting. To yeah, that we're. I mean, maybe we're in the eleventh hour, but we still get paid the same. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we truly feel like that. We, you know, we're we're late. We're coming in late in the day. You know, we've already we're in our forties. You know, so we're we're coming in. I think late. You know, when I see missionaries, they're usually young with young children. I mean, we do have Job, which is he's almost three, but but there are so many years wasted. But those years are our testimony years. I feel you know that we can kind of communicate and mm-hmm. connect with others that that maybe some can't. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Sure. Well, it's wonderful to meet you. Thank you Thank for you. being here at St. Peter and Volo. Um, you'll be around for Sunday mass. Yes, I Father. Heard. Yes, yeah. we will. Yes, That's Father. great. And 
And uh, yeah, so I encourage anyone uh, to look you up. Uh, the link will be in the description or in the yeah in the notes for this podcast. Uh, and please pray for them uh, and uh, support them and uh, take note of of the work of God in the world, in this family, and in your own family, uh, because God is calling you to serve Him. Maybe not by uh, not in this way, but maybe, uh, but in some way, God is calling you to serve others uh, and to depend on Him, to abandon yourself to God's providence. Uh, that is, we're all called to that, um, because the more we rely on God, the more he makes us who he has meant us to be. So, God bless you. Let's uh, end with uh, Memorare. Okay. Remember, O most, most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.